Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. I'm Tanner, I use they, them pronouns. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. And this podcast is a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. Wow, I really jumbled up that intro today, didn't yeah! I? Yeah! <laughs> it has been a trying time today. I have been awake for not quite three hours. Great job, I've been up since five. You're a uh, you're a miracle. It's called. I'm a menace to society. <laughs> no, you have a weird ass schedule, whereas I have a very set schedule. Yeah, God, I wish that were me. Anyways, what are we doing this week? Get that white claw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are <laughs> we are doing um. We're adapting at least the skeleton of the Norwegian fairy tale East of the Sun and West of the Moon. There are skeletons in this too? Uh, you know, structure. Structure. <laughs> I mean, it's a fairy tale. We can put skeletons in if we want. Yeah. So, uh, in the interest of not getting stuck on a recap for half an hour, which I feel like we've been doing for like the past three months. I'm sorry. That's both of our faults. <laughs> Um, I'm just gonna rip through the TV trope summary. I'm go- I am going to abridge the TV tropes abridgment of the plot of this fairy tale. Okay. So, East of the Sun, West of the Moon is a Norwegian fairy tale that was collected by Peter Christen as Bjornsson and Jorgen Moe. Basically, it is very similar to the plot of Cupid and Psyche from ancient Greece, in which a young girl is from a poor family, and the family's like, we need money, and then a giant bear shows up and is like, I will marry one of your daughters and pay you for her. And they're like, this makes sense. So the first two or three daughters refuse, and it's the youngest daughter who's like, fine, I'll marry a bear. And so she does, and he takes her to, like, this wicked sweet ice palace, and he's like, now, every, you, like, I'm a bear, you're, you're married to me and I'm a bear, and you can't ever look at me at night. And she's like, okay, that's weird. And then every night, like, a strange hot man appears and, like, sleeps with her in the bed. But as far as I can tell, they don't actually consummate anything because he's a gentleman. Yeah. And she can never see his face. And so one day she manages to go visit her mother. And her mother gives her a candle and is like, now you can actually look at the face of the guy who's sleeping next to you. Because he's probably a horrible monster. And so the main girl does this, and she lights the candle and looks on the face of the man, and it turns out he's the bear, but he's also a really hot guy. And she's like, oh, I actually did really well. And then she accidentally wakes him up, and he's like, you broke the one rule! And then he gets kidnapped by his troll stepmother, and the entire palace disappears, and she's left in the middle of the woods with nothing. So she takes a minute to cry, and then she just goes on a quest to find him again. Because he can be found in the land east of the sun and west of the moon. And then she finds the palace and uh, shenanigans happen because evil stepmom has an ogre daughter that she wants to marry to the handsome prince. And yeah, there's some challenges, but eventually our girl wins. Yeah, she has to go on a whole fetch quest to gather a bunch of golden knickknacks from a trio of witches. And then she finally like manages to get taken to the troll lands by the wind, the north wind, north wind. Yeah, north wind is the one who gets her there. The only wind competent enough to go north, because all the other winds are like, no, nah, we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, she gives the princess the knickknack so she can spend a night with the prince. And she's like, stop eating the sleeping potion. He's like, I had no idea this was a sleeping potion. And then she like cleans his shirt and he's like, I only marry competent girls who can do laundry. And so then the trolls explode. 
The end. Da da da. Yeah. Um. So, quick question. Like, this is going to be a bit of a vibe check. Um. Can, <laughs> can we uh, move this to a different part of the world so that we're not competing with Frozen for Scandinavian fairy tales? Yes. This is almost topical because Frozen Two comes out this weekend. Yeah. I have purposely avoided any reviews of it because I want to go in fresh. I don't want to know which element Elsa's girlfriend is going to represent. So how do you feel about this? the story being moved to a place like Mongolia? I mean, I'm fine with it, but I also don't know very much about anything in Mongolia, so I'm going in pretty blind. <laughs> uh, then again, I can't say I'm an expert, but I have read quite a bit. But basically, like, general structure would stay pretty much the same. Yeah, well, I mean, because it is a very popular tale type. Like I mentioned before, it's very similar to Cupid and Psyche. And there's a list of them. There's like 20 different variations on it on this one fairytale website that TV Tropes links to. Um, I wonder if there's any that pop out as blatantly... Not maybe. I probably wouldn't recognize anything if it was Mongolian. I'm just... There's definitely a possibility that some of these made their way into an Asian country. Yeah, from the few uh, beast spouse fairy tales I could find from East Asia, they tend to go for like a, a shape shifting wife, but like yeah, and it's she's usually not good, with a few exceptions. It seems like the reptile ones tend to be good. Huh? Yeah, um, Madame White Snake. Right. Yes. Yeah, and then the ones involving Tenyo, the celestial maidens, tend to be sad. Okay. They're like swan maidens in Norse mythology. Okay. Or, or selkies in Irish mythology, where Dude Bro decides just to take the cloak and hide it away, and then the kids find it. Yeah. Mm. See, the those kind of tales don't quite hit the monster fucker vibe that yeah. we desire. Yes, which is... Um, I'm not too sure about switching the what animal the prince is, but I don't know what the vibe is about bears. I know that wolves tend to be sacred, but at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. What would I search for? Venerated animals in Mongolia? Uh, maybe sacred Mongolian animals? Well, we can just start with wildlife in Mongolia, thanks yeah. to the World Wildlife Foundation. Uh... A selection includes snow leopards, wild sheep, uh, Siberian ibexes, uh, the saiga, which is... Do you know what a saiga is off the offhand? Yeah, they kind of look like alien deer. Oh, oh, that's a big old snoot. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like this was built in spore. <laughs> um, we got a musk deer. Oh my gosh, what if he was a palace cat? <laughs> they look pissed off. It's just this bundle of fluff and disdain. <laughs> I mean, the prince can't exactly be happy about his situation. And he can be so fluffy. This giant palace cat just walks up to this house, knocks <laughs> on the door. I want a wife! <laughs> okay, you can have the youngest one. I need your youngest daughter so she can open up the soft food. In the individual tins. <laughs> okay. 
So I was thinking either bear, snow leopard, or now that you mentioned it, palace cat, and I think palace cat would probably work the best. Uh, yeah, I think if we go a feline route, so yeah, palace cat or snow leopards. Yeah. But okay, hang on. Um, we neglect to mention what kind of like medium are we rebooting Animated. this in? Okay. Animated, preferably two D, because two D ages better. So we're going for a similar vibe to when you did the drawing of the moon. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a good route to go down. Yeah. Um, so in that case, so like the the prince can be turned into a snow leopard. Yeah. But then you can have like a palace cat sidekick. Yes. <laughs> it could be the hey hey. <laughs> <laughs> so do we want it to talk or do we just want it to make cat noises? Cat noises. <laughs> I feel like that would work better, and then you also get like all the really fun like facial visual stuff. <laughs> but it would be like a put upon butler. Yes. <laughs> it's like the prince. Like the prince would probably be voiced by Keith David or someone similar, and he like and uh, I don't know Steve and Steve, please go fetch us some hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> and the cat's just like and does like a whole. A full, an, an eye roll with the entire head <laughs> before dragging himself to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, um, the other major change I was thinking about making, um, this is actually an, an idea I've had for a long while. Um, so, evil stepmoms, forget about them. They're overdone. They've got really unfortunate implications about them. Evil stepmoms exist because they decided that evil biological moms was a bit too much. Yeah, which, yeah, that is kind of fair. See, the thing that sucks is about in the olden days, half of everyone is going to have a stepmom because most of the moms are just going to die in childbirth. Yeah. It just, just, just happens. But unfortunately, once in a while, you do run into the actual evil stepmom. So I think if you're a royal, you have a higher percentage of that happening. There's a better chance of gold diggers showing up at your door if you have gold to dig. Yes. So, in this case, because Mongolia, we're probably going to do Middle Ages, rival con. Or like a rival to the conate. Okay. Yeah. Get rid of this guy. But is he also like a monster or something? Why not turn him into a... Or have shape-shifting powers, let's say. I'm seeing if there's like an equivalent of demons or oni or something in mongolian lore there and are the, the mongol mythology page on wikipedia is extremely lacking yeah but i think there are like kind of malevolent mountain spirits okay yeah so it could be something like that yeah or just a con who has magical powers and maybe yeah. he got them from a mountain spirit yeah Again, we would be having a lot of help with this one. Yeah. I've, I feel like there are a lot of ideas that a white person invents them and then says, cool, now I need to find a proper person to actually make this because I don't want to touch it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one thing I am going to uh, take off of this Wikipedia page is that it lists, as you mentioned, the wolf is this important symbolic animal. So yeah. are falcon, deer, and horses. Yeah. They are involved in the creation myth, so... Okay, so maybe yeah. we could replace the three old ladies with the four important animals. Yeah, and so there's a lot of stuff in... Actually, this is coming from Chinese thought about which directions are good and bad. 
the Northeast tends to be the bad one because that's where the plains people come from. Okay. Yeah. Like they got invaded by the by the Mongols a whole lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I I understand why, but it isn't that great. Because my train of thought was like, what if the winds are a bit asshole-ish about this? <laughs> now which one would be the biggest dick and which one would pose our heroine with the biggest challenge to get her to the place she needs to go? So, unlucky cardinal directions. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry for how bad this is probably going to sound, because um, I only started working on this in the last hour of work. Again. <laughs> That's okay. What is the significance of north? Well, it goes up. Yeah. To... The direction of north is often associated with colder climates because most of the world's land at height latitude is located in the northern hemisphere, and most of the words for north just mean, like, up. So I was right! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I have an ideal, but I have to look up a topographical map of Mongolia. Okay. Basic outlines, it is very flat, except for the mountains, the forests, and the desert. Yeah, so a majority of the mountains are in the east. So we could say that the east wind is the nasty one. Okay. And Oh no, sorry, I, I got that backwards, in the west. Okay. And that's that could be where the rival Khan is. If he got his stuff from a mountain spirit, he's up yeah. in the mountains. Okay. And so, actually no, yeah, we'll say that the east wind is the nasty one because it's trying to keep her out. Yeah. And so she has to go to the west wind to like blow and it's like the opposite one (laughs) wind versus wind yeah sunday night smackdown and oh yeah totally forgot a very important animal to mongolians is their horses yep and her main form of transportation is going to be a horse just like in the original norwegian fairy tale aside from when she has to get blown by the winds but hey we can make that work with a horse and it could be like the horse from uh road to el dorado too there was the second one? No. I, as in comma, T-O-O. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oxford comma, T-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> Always use the Oxford comma. We stand the Oxford comma at not if I reboot you first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I just wish I, the English major, could hear it properly. <laughs> yeah. I wish I, the history major could space it out properly. I mean, we could just have it's it's a sweet tailwind. <laughs> Listen, have you ever tried to run into a headwind? Yes. That's a pain and a half. Oh yeah. And so that's why the main girl has to get the west wind to help blow her into the mountains cuz the <laughs> east wind is just bearing down on her like ah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think, um, we both have a lot of experience with having to walk into winds. This one time, I got grit in my eyes, and the one I swooled up, and it it was bad. I can imagine. Heck, maybe one of the challenges is she gets temporarily blinded because, you know, shit gets in your eyes. Yeah. And they've got a lot of... Wait, how much desert do they have? Oh, yeah, they have the Gobi Desert, so... Yeah. They got everything you want when it comes to, like, potential environments. Short of jungle. So, oh, so we could even say that the castle is in the desert. Yeah. Because it obviously can't be an ice palace. No. So, Snow Leopard Bay's castle 
is in the desert, and then when like when she sees him and he disappears and the palace disappeared, we can have it just crumble into sand. Yeah. And then she's there in the desert in the middle of the night. Of course she's crying. She has so much sand in her eyes. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sandman. <laughs> Man me is sand. <laughs> so let's let's block this out. Because like the first act would be the, the marital stuff. Yeah. So she comes from, let's say, a poor family. Yeah. They're nomads. They're living out in the steppes of Mongolia trying their darndest, and a snow leopard walks up to them and is like, hey, I want to marry one of your daughters. They're like, well, <laughs> we could use the help. Like, we don't want the parents to be too callous and all that, but, like, yeah, it's hard. It is hard to live out there as a nomad. Also, it would be very wild to see a snow leopard just show up in the desert. <laughs> or just, like, not in the mountains. Like, Planet Earth was one of the first documentaries to ever get footage of a snow leopard in the wild. And that was only a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. They are very, it's a mixture of being very solitary and, well, they're listed as vulnerable, but nobody's entirely sure if they are or if they're endangered because nobody's been able to get a good count on how many snow leopards there are on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mostly because they live in, like, some of the most hard-to-get regions of the Earth, like the Himalayas. And they're tough old things, too. Like, yeah. They can climb up and down to the cliffs. It's, it's actually pretty awesome to see. But they also look so poofy. I know. Like, that tail is so fluffy. <laughs> I want a snow leopard Pokemon now. I want a snow leopard to come up and hug me, even though I know that one swipe of its paws would probably remove my face. Yeah. Yeah, they have massive paws. They're like Link's paws. Yeah, but the beans. <laughs> I know, the beans. The toe beans. The toe beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she can even have like a moment where she's looking at his paws going like, the toe beans are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I have to marry these toe beans. <laughs> um, actually, okay, you know what? Um, I'm going to backtrack. Let's say that the palace is still made of ice. Okay. Because he's a, he's a snow leopard. It, it makes sense. He's up in the mountains. They're high and they're cold. No, like, it's a nice oh. palace in the middle of the desert. That's why it's, okay. it's so wild. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, even the, like, the snow leopard shows up in the desert, and, like, even you get near him, and you feel a temperate climate instead of just the heat yeah. of the sun and the sands. Well, the Gobi is also one of those deserts that do get really cold at night. That's true. And, yeah. like, the term desert doesn't necessarily mean hot. It just means, like, Dry. real barren. Yeah. Technically, there are several deserts in, the, like, the Arctic areas. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There's the Atacama Desert down in Chile, and it is fucking freezing. Now, it's also, like, really high elevation because it's on, like, the Pacific side of the Andes, and that's all, like, straight up <laughs> and flat and then straight down. <laughs> And they've also got a current that runs alongside um, both North and South America. I forget what it's called, but it's a really cold, fast-moving current, and it affects the weather. Okay. Yeah. And in the case of Mongolia and in, in the Gobi Desert, it's just, like, so far inland and so far north, and it's affected by a rain shadow that it's both dry and really cold. It's, like, why... 
where we live is really dry and cold. You just get that Arctic wind coming down. (laughs) (laughs) Middle of a polar vortex. It's actually nice right now. (laughs) So, yeah, but like, that's what I'm thinking is that that you'd never see an ice palace in the middle of the Gobi, and then like no. the girl just f- gets her snow leopard husband, and they find a giant ice palace. And then she gets homesick, goes home, brings a light back because her mom's still kind of suspicious about this whole situation, and then she screws it all up. She dropped wax on on his toe beans. <laughs> oh no! It was like well, it would be just like in the fairy tale because in the fairy yeah. tale she spills wax on the shirt. And that's what wakes him up. And then when she is able to clean it out and prove that she has the power to do laundry, yeah. that's when he's like, oh, I gotta marry her. She's competent. Yeah. Um, and in the very old version, uh, Keep It in Psyche, it was just like straight up hot oil. Yeah. Yeah. On the face, I think. Actually, we could go for that version because I think Mongolians have used not wax, but more like an oil lamp. Okay. Yeah. And then you go, whoops. Because I imagine they'd be a bit heavy and the wrist isn't exactly the strongest point of the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah mine are more. so weak. Yeah. I, um, I compensate with a strong grip, so. I don't compensate. I just have noodle arms the whole way down. <laughs> no upper body strength? Basically. Okay. I lift with my legs because that's the only thing I can do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she fucks it up like that because they were so close to breaking the curse. Yeah, and then the whole palace disappears, and then she's stuck in the middle of, like, a raging sandstorm in the desert, and that's how she gets sand in her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and she she's stuck there with only, like, the rags that she brought with her, an empty oil lamp, and a really angry palace cat butler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess we could split this into the traditional three-act structure, but I almost feel like there's, like, four acts. Well, the the first act that we just outlined, I don't think yeah. would necessarily last super long. Yeah. Yeah, we could montage a whole bunch of stuff. I could see it being 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, like, the second-ish... Well, see, it, it is still kind of three acts, it's just the second act with all the quests would be pretty bulky. Yeah, it would be the majority of the movie, I think. Because first she'd have to find her horse, and then she'd have to get gifts from the wolf, the falcon, and the deer. Yeah. Then she has to go to the, like, she'll try to go straight to the mountains, and the east one will be like, no, I was paid to keep you out. Ah! (laughs) And so she'll try to go to the north and the south winds, and they're like, we don't even blow that way. Like, why are you talking to us? (laughs) And finally the west wind is like, yeah, the east wind's always been kind of a prick, so I'll help you out. Yeah, and then she finds the prince, does some battle with the with the bad con, because here's a common skill: archery and wrestling. Oh yeah, <laughs> the famous uh, princess Kudalun, who was great granddaughter to Chinggis Khan, famously wouldn't marry anyone unless they could out wrestle her. And she managed to win a herd of 10,000 horses for herself and her dad. Good job. Yeah. So, main girl, she's going to be a stellar wrestler and an awesome archer, along with all sorts of other practical um, herding and nomad skills. The Oh, so like the trinkets that she gets from the animals, they can like 
give her a little like edge of magical super strength or something so that yeah. she can overcome the con and I'll have his <laughs> wizardly trickery. Yes. Oh man, just Xena warrior princess the shit out of this. I can see her like lifting up something real heavy and just like the death glare coming up from the con near the the climax of their fight. So I'm just thinking, it's like speaking of the con, okay, I'm going to bring up something that has extremely little to do with this, but did yeah. you ever see the movie Big Trouble in Little China? I've only seen clips of it. Okay. So the big bad of Big Trouble in Little China is uh, David Lopan, played by James Hong, and he has this like super eerie vibe to him. Like Big Trouble in Little China is absolutely not the place you go to for any good representation of Asian anything. It's just a really fun, dumb movie. It's it's a fun, dumb, vaguely racist movie. Yeah. And, but James Hong as David Lopan just is so fucking creepy. Okay. And I would like the con to have a similar just atmosphere to him. It's not even a Jafar where he's like arrogant and sinister and like scheming in the background. Like he just shows up and he's got like these wide eyes and like some sharp nails and like just the kind of the way he moves and carries himself and the way he speaks like hello i see you have come to save your prince but can you defeat my army of snakes or some <laughs> shit like that it's almost like the end of um the conan the barbarian movie <laughs> oh yeah that guy too yeah I think it was James Earl Jones. That was James Earl Jones. And didn't he shoot a snake like an arrow? I think so. That movie was wild. Thulsa Doom. Yeah. With with his terrible bangs. Uh, but yeah, so she manages to beat the con. And then all that's left is like his e- evil daughter. Yeah, sure. Or what if, what if instead of the daughter, that's like the mountain spirit, and she teamed up with the Khan because she wanted a husband? Yeah. And so, like, she she took she gave the Khan the magic, or no, she gave the Khan the magic in return for cursing the prince. And then once the prince almost got the curse broken, she's like, well, instead I'll marry him, and then I'll get his dowry, and then I can take over all of Mongolia. <laughs> In the end, she's defeated by the palace cat butler. <laughs> convenient push off a ledge or basically <laughs> or no even better a trip that's like sticks the paw out <laughs> defeated by a toe bean <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> toe beans the movie <laughs> <laughs> well and the best part is it turns out the palace cat it's not like a beauty and the beast where the palace cat was like a cursed servant or anything he's just a palace cat who ended up becoming a butler. <laughs> you know what? For the um, for the Instagram, instead of like any art for East of the Sun, West of the Moon, I'm just posting a picture of a, of a palace cat. Yes. <laughs> There's so much personality and just loathing. There it is. I, I, found, I found exactly the right picture. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me. <laughs> I'm sending it to you. Anyways, back into it. Um... I feel like we've covered most of the stuff we'd have to. Would there be musical numbers in this? Do you want there to be musical numbers? I'm asking you. This is this is your okay. this because like I would thing. definitely have Mongolian musicians score this. Mm-hmm. And there actually is quite um quite a music scene there. 
especially a rock scene. Oh, so like we can have like a big old rock number when she wrestles the con. Yeah. Yeah, like one of the bands I follow, they're called The Who. Uh, they, but but not these... related to the American Who. Yeah, no, this is H-U Who. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, this past summer, no, September, they released their first, like, full album. Uh, and they got really big on YouTube. And they've done, like, tours and festivals and all that sort of stuff. I, I hope they really make it big. Because they seem like really cool guys. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah, their whole thing and what quite a few uh, Mongolian musicians have been doing, especially in, like, pop, rock, all that sort of stuff, is combining traditional music with Western music. And it's really good. Nice. Like, one of the biggest criticisms of folk metal is using the folk aspect as more of a gimmick than, you know, really working it in. But quite a few Mongolian bands from what I've heard, they really know how to work their, like the traditional instruments in with Western rock and metal instruments and sounds and all that sort of stuff. It's really good. Not to hype these bands too much, but go and listen to Mongolian rock. (laughs) Surprising how good like heavy metal death growls and tubid throat singing sound together. I can picture it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's another Mongolian band called uh, Tanger Cavalry. Uh, they're more of a death metal band. They're really good, too. <laughs> I might have to create a playlist. <laughs> Mind you, you like death metal from basically every nation. <laughs> and honestly, death metal isn't my favorite type of metal. I honestly kind of prefer power metal, but like... When you mix in Mongolian music, it's, it's like, perfect. It's the chef's kiss. Uh, there's also, according to Wikipedia, there's a thriving pop music scene centered in the city of Ulaanbaatar. Yeah. Uh, which is a mixture of very, various kinds of pop music, often subdivided into rock, hip-hop, pop, uh, wait, pop, rock, hip-hop, and alternative, which consists of alt-rock and heavy metal. Uh, ooh, they have boy bands. Yep. And girl groups. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the girl groups would be in this. Yeah. Like, they, they do, like, the, the song that plays, like, during the wedding when, like, the main girl marries Snow Leopard Bay, and, but, but he's a human again. And then, like, they, they're they the wedding band and it plays as it transfers into the credits. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, the other thing uh, I was thinking about for Snow Leopard Bay is that he keeps that Snow Leopard, like, color pattern. So, like, he'd have a, a cape or something? Or, like, his yeah, hair? Yeah, or, like, uh, when... When he's in human mode, like, his clothes have, like, that kind of creamy beige and dark color and, like, the really... It's hard to describe the color of snow leopard eyes because they're somewhere between, like, blue and brown and green and gray. It's crazy, but they're super pretty. It's, well, like, they're probably highly reflective. Yeah. Because, like, um, imagine how reflective cat's eyes need to be for them to get around in a normal dark and then picture, like, being in the middle of a blizzard and having to get around, too. Yeah. But yeah, like look up snow leopards. They are they're so pretty. A few of the younger Mongolian pop artists are becoming increasingly well established internationally, most notably the younger female singer Nominjin. For some reason, single rappers have never quote unquote made it in the Mongolian hip hop scene. <laughs> Although the Mongolian Swedish rapper Batuga Mukbayar, also known as the Yellow M M&M and Fifty Ore, has made it to the big stages in Sweden. 
because of his unique rap style. However, he was not successful as a pickpocket on the streets of Bangkok and was arrested there for thieving a Slovak tourist wallet in 2019. <laughs> That's almost quoted from the Wikipedia article. It's like, yeah, yeah, he was a decent rapper, but he's not a very good pickpocket. <laughs> not everybody is cut out for the thug life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get some street cred. <laughs> Like, I don't expect music artists to behave properly. <laughs> but still, I've never seen Wikipedia frame anything like that. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. It, the, 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 it, if you go to Felicity Huffman's Wikipedia page, it doesn't say, she wasn't that great at college admission scandals. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is so clinical. <laughs> Uh, someone was having a good day over at Wikipedia. Al Capone was a well-known gangster, but he wasn't that great at tax fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um, Can you think of anything else for this film? Which sounds like it would be rad. Yeah, um... See, we don't have to flesh it out a lot just because there's so many th- moving parts already in the East, the Sun, yeah. West, the Moon skeleton that even transferring it over to a different setting, almost everything goes one-to-one. Yeah. Like, I think the only thing... We, we actually, I think we just reduced stuff. We made the wind quest go a bit quicker. Yeah. Like, honestly, this is the sort of myth that kind of falls into the monomyth category of, like, you can find this almost anywhere. Yeah. And also just, like... This I think I refer to it when I was explaining it to my mom as the most popular unknown fairy tale. Yeah. If you don't regularly do like deep dives into fairy tales and public domain stuff, then you probably have never heard of it. But if you've even set a foot into that kind of area, then this is probably one of the first things you find, just because it's yeah. so well known. But it never seemed to really escaped into the widely known pop culture. Yeah, this is one of those. It's waiting for some sort of adaptation. Yeah, and there have been several adaptations. I just yeah. guess they weren't big enough. Cough, Disney, cough. Yeah. Uh, once Disney gets off of its acquisition of properties bullshit, it might start looking back at fairy tales. I don't know. Can't wait to see it on Disney Plus. <sighs> Can't wait to pirate all that stuff. Yeah, Mandalorian is good. I'm. I honestly, I I wasn't even planning on pirating Mandalorian, and but Baby Yoda might have won me over. Yeah. That thing is too adorable. <laughs> I want a plushy. <laughs> on that note, I think we've reached the end of our rope. So yeah. I am going to go on a massive fetch quest. And while I do that, we will cut to a friendship promo. Hey, everyone. We're Vigilant Emily from Power Up Everything Nintendo and Beyond. That we are. We're peeking in on your very good podcast to talk to you about our very good podcast. It's... It, like I said, it's called Power Up Everything Nintendo and Beyond. We talk about Nintendo, and we don't, we don't, we don't fear going beyond. <laughs> that's certainly true. That's that's all you get. That's all you need to know. No, we're we're just two friends who uh, like video games enough to make a podcast about it. That's pretty simple. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, we're everywhere. You can't you can't avoid us no matter how much you try. We will be there. Omnipresent, really. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thank you. So, Lindsay. So, Tanner. 
I would like to think that I'm a decent podcaster, but I wasn't that great at fetch quests. (laughs) (laughs) Was one of the winds giving you a trouble? Oh, yeah. He blew me. Okay, hang on. No, I was going to say he was... (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, think of a joke about the wind. (laughs) Pretend I said it. And let's move on to asking Lindsay where she can be found on the internet. I can be found at Lindsay M476 on Twitter. That's Lindsay spelled with an A. And you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart. And uh, 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 what's the other one? Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I reboot you first. And they're pronounced... Beans. <laughs> and you can find this very podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first. That's all one word. And the hashtag that we follow is N-I-I-R-Y-F. And that is pronounced, I'm all pee in your shoes. <laughs> no, the palace cat gives off that sort of cat energy. Have you ever <laughs> had a cat that just like death glared you after you pissed it off for whatever reason? I've never owned a cat, and actually, I've I've never encountered a cat that didn't like me, except for, like, one of the neighbor's cats. Oh. I've owned cats. They can be vengeful little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, one of my friends had this big black cat, basically a panther, named Pixel. And there was this one time, for whatever reason, he got mad at his owner. So, owner comes home, and Pixel's like, Sitting there just, like, licking his paw, being rather saucy. And she's like, oh, what did you do? Goes to her room where she has a white duvet. (gasps) (laughs) The cat had peed on it. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. I love cats, but, like, yeah. Anyways. So you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite toe beans. You can even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. If you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash notifyrebootyoufirst. And that's where you can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially. Uh, Usually I don't list them, but I just want to remind people that one of those bonuses, if we start getting enough money a month, then I will make Rabbit Season a Rabbit's Recap Podcast, where I will, me and a guest, will listen to an episode of Rabbit's for every episode. (laughs) Why do you torture yourself like that? I just felt like this episode had the right energy for me to bring that up. Okay. Anyways, another reward you can get for just a single dollar a month is a weekly shout-out for all of our patrons, and that includes Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. And Cassidy. Thanks, Cassidy. And you can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on PC... Nope. And her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner, do you have a hint for next week's episode? I do, because next week, the crisis will be upon us. So we're gazing ahead into the post-crisis world. Actually, let me rephrase that. At Sop Sisirk Dilrau, 
Ot team et certsim fosigam anataz ataraz. Okay. What sort of comic book bullshit will you have for me next week? Oh, oh, the most delightful comic book bullshit I can have as well. Also, possibly teens? Okay. So anyways, thank you for listening, and we'll be discussing that stuff next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. The kitten is so adorable. <laughs> and that was like just from. <gasps> its eyes are so big. <laughs> <laughs> its teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm using that for the Instagram. That's that's too good.